0: Hello again, uh everyone. Uh my apologies. We're having some logistical issues. Um
1: Hey there.
0: I do see that our guest speaker has joined. Um Lemlem, are you on?
1: Yes, I am. Hi. Can you hear me?
0: All right. We'll give it just one second, to make sure she's not on mute.
1: Um
0: Lemlem, let me know when you've uh your, OK, Okay. awesome. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yes, I okay. can. Thank you for joining.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: All right. So we'll, we're going to wait. Uh, we've had a little uh, technical issue. Uh, we had some guests that joined the prior link. Uh, um, but we'll just give them a second to uh, to join. Um, how are you?
1: I'm doing wonderful. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Thank you. All right, looks like people are starting to join again. All right, so out of respect for everyone's time that's on, um, once again, uh, thank you for joining Pragmatic Podcast with People. Uh, we've got a special guest today, uh, Lemlem Kantiba page um, She's got a lot of information to discuss today, so I want to give her all the time that she needs. Uh, we're going to talk about autism, resources, living with autism. Uh, she's a very interesting um, individual, an author, a mother, a wife. Um, so Lemlem, again, thank you for joining. And if you would, uh, introduce yourself to our listeners.
1: Hi, everyone. Again, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure being here. Um, my name is Lemlem Kantiba Page. Uh, I am a mother, most importantly. <laughs> I'm a wife. I am an author, and by profession, I'm a um, cybersecurity engineer, um, and I live in the DMV area.
0: And for those that are outside of the United States, the podcast, um, I'm very pleased to see that it's uh, reaching people all over the world. So DMV, meaning?
1: D.C., Maryland, and Virginia.
0: Right. Northeastern United States. So um so tell me a little bit about um your profession. Uh we had a prior guest that was also in a in a similar um uh profession. We'll get started with that while p- people join in and then we'll get to the meat of the uh meeting.
1: Wonderful. Yes, absolutely. Um uh, so I am a like I mentioned earlier, a a senior cybersecurity engineer, uh, advisor. I have been in this field for quite some time now. It's a very rewarding field for me, at least. Um, I started out like 15 years ago, like just working at the help desk in IT. Um, so yeah, it's just basically, you know, handling, um, you know, the security issues of, you know, the company that I work for, make sure that we don't have any hackers, make sure that, you know, our firewall, firewall rules are set up properly, Uh, that we remediate vulnerabilities right away and whenever there's a cyber incident follow through and um, make sure that we're not affected and if we are uh, you know uh, handle it in a certain manner just depends on what the incident is Uh, but yeah for me it's rewarding I love it it's always something new Um, yeah it's very interesting I enjoy my profession
0: awesome and you know some things that I've heard about uh, that industry is that there aren't a lot of women and more specifically uh, black women so is this something that you know you've uh, you've uh, experienced or seen and if so uh, even if not what can people that are in the underserved community do to be in that field
1: so that's a very uh, interesting question that you brought up. I've always said that I've wherever I worked, I have worked for a lot of contracting companies. I've always experienced that that there aren't enough women, especially Black women, in the field. So there's different aspects of the cybersecurity field right there are um there is like the actual the engineering and the things that i do and there's also the assessment side so i think there are a little bit more women especially black women in the assessment side is more of like assessing and paperwork and things like that but the engineering side of actual you know the meat and potatoes of cybersecurity, uh you are absolutely right i don't see um at least in my experience i don't see a lot of um black woman wherever i worked i see some you know black men you know men in general uh, but women even you know <clears throat> other races i don't see that many uh the women that i meet in my cybersecurity se- security field are like um the program managers uh and as the assessors but as far as like the actual cyber security engineering that you're right there are that many and i would love you know like probably to work, I graduated from Towson University, that's in Maryland, Uh, probably work with them, like I was, you know, thinking about working with them, trying to recruit and um, help the younger generation, especially the younger Black women, to come into this field, because, you know, it's intimidating, Um, but once you start doing the work, and, you know, in the field, you know, it's just like any other job, you have to keep yourself, um, you know, Uh, certified in so many different, you know, cybersecurity certifications, you have to know exactly what's going on in the news. Um, Yeah, but it's, I mean, I enjoy it. I love it. And I think there should be more women, especially black women in this field. Uh, But I'm hoping to get together with Towson, uh, or any, you know, any other college for that matter, trying to recruit more women into this field, I would love to see more.
0: That's awesome, and I appreciate you taking time to talk about that. I know that wasn't our uh, in our agenda, but I yes. felt that it was uh, important, right, to try to uplift people and also open people's minds, right? Uh, there are different fields out there that have uh, yet to be tapped. Yes. um uh, So I appreciate you taking time there. So unless you're running from the law, I see lum-lum. <laughs> <laughs> Queen Lemlum, All Things Lem. So tell me a little bit about all these different ventures you have.
1: <laughs> so, you know, like um, there are so many things that I want to do. I have so many different ideas. So I have It used to be Lem KP, but now I've rebranded to All Things Lemlem. But because there are so many different things I want to do, so many issues that I want to address. Um, so, you know, if you look at on Instagram, all things, Lim-lim, I mainly have my books right now, but there's so many other projects that were, work, I'm working on that's coming down the pipe. I'm very excited about it. There are things that I want to talk about. You know, I'm very passionate about the special needs community and, you know, especially autism. Um, there are things I feel like the parents, like they don't, we don't talk about what the parents deal with. We don't talk about what their feelings are, what their needs are. Yes, the kids are important, of course. That's what we're doing this for. But, um, you know, like I'm working on a project where I'm interviewing like different parents that I've actually, actually know when I was going through, um, you know, the process with my son. Um, and I just interviewing them, you know, what their thoughts are, what their feelings are, how are they feeling, what they've dealt with. That doesn't get addressed because it is so overwhelming um, just the process of, you know, finding your kids, the proper help, uh, you know, constantly worrying about, um, it's just a lot. It really, truly is. Um, so that's one thing that I'm working on. And then, you know, I'm very passionate about children. So there are a couple of projects I'm working on for kids, um, because I feel like, you know, everything starts when you're a kid and I wish I can go back, you know, so many years, you know, one thing that I love is like, you know, meditating uh, affirmation, you know, but I did not come to that until my adulthood. But I felt like if I would have started when I was a child, God, you know, um, it would have empowered me even, you know, more than I'm empowered now. So um, there are a lot of things I'm working on, stay tuned. Um, But currently, yeah, I'm just like trying to promote my books and trying to just basically help parents uh, with special needs, um, you know, accomplishing their goals, you know, just giving help just as simple as pointing to, you know, the right direction. Um, those are the kind of things that I'm passionate about, you know, just like sharing the world through my eyes uh, and telling my truth.
0: That's that's an awesome introduction. So I want to break it up a little bit. Um, you just mentioned that you've dealt with autism, you live with autism, and you mentioned uh, you have a child, Um on the spectrum. So tell us about that. How was it after you had a child that you were introduced to autism, or at least to that level? Or, you know, what's your connection to autism prior to and after?
1: So let's start with prior, right? Um, Prior to me finding out that my, you know, my son was extremely delayed and he could possibly have autism. So I knew about what autism was, but I honestly I'm kind of ashamed like i never really cared because it didn't affect me like you know I was you know I saw some kids in my family you know but a lot of people do not talk about it uh I knew what it was but it didn't affect me so it's like you know <clears throat> most people like you don't give it a second thought but um uh, my son when um so he you know usually no you know uh typical kids they should start talking and They should start talking when they're two. And my son was talking around 18 months, but all of a sudden, when he was two years old, there were really no words, nothing. And as a mother, like, I knew I'm like, this is not right. Something is happening. Um, He wasn't really talking. And because he was not talking, he was getting really frustrated. And it changed to, you know, a, a a behavioral problem. Um, so we took him to the doctor and, uh, you know, we had an assessment, uh, that was got two days, two, it was completely two days. And then each day was four hours each. Uh, and then, um, once, then once they completed they compl- the assessment, um, they told us that he has, uh, the signs of autism, um, uh, but they will, you know, and they, that we need to get help as soon as possible. Um, um so you so know, that was, you know that was heartbreaking as a mother um it was completely heartbreaking i remember breaking down that evening coming home crying fully like because when you have a child that's that's the furthest thing from your mind um uh, but the next day i started him with speech therapy there was a speech therapist at the um the child psychologist office and we started we started attending speech therapy the next day. Um, we attended speech therapy every single day for an hour a day, continuously for the next four years. Um, so, oh, and then we then there we, were so many other services that um, we um, provided to Yosef, such as ABA and uh, uh, occupational therapy. Um, but you know, to answer your question. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. Uh, I knew about autism, but, you know, I wasn't familiar with the signs and because, honestly, it didn't affect me. I was definitely, you know, like, compassionate about people who have kids with uh, autism, but never really paid attention to it until, you know, my son uh, was um, diagnosed with that. So, yeah, that was my introduction, and um, that was how we found out, you know, my son had all the
0: signs of autism. And I'm glad you talked about that. That's what I was trying to get out, right? Today or yesterday being Autism Awareness Day and this month being Autism uh, Awareness Month. um, It's exactly what you said, right? People need to know a little bit more than what it just is, right? Because even if you're not directly impacted, you may have a child down the road or... Your children may be interacting with someone with autism at school, uh, church, any community event, right? So that's why I wanted to talk about that, uh, the importance of being engaged, knowing a little bit more, how to detect it, um, and, you know, to just openly talk about it. So thank you for sharing that with us. Now, let's talk about, um, first of all, how's your son progressing?
1: He is doing amazing. Like, I can't even tell you. He is outgoing. He is social. He's performing above, in, you know, his grade. Um, he is kind. He's sweet. Um, and I'm so grateful to, uh, to where he is today. Um, and I'm not sure if you're aware, but about, uh, he is loving About, like, maybe four, three years ago? They've, um, three, four years ago. Uh,
0: they've told us that he no longer has any signs of autism. That is awesome. You know, I'm very happy to hear that. And um, I know there's a lot more exciting things that we'll talk about the book and everything. Yeah. Um, However, I also want to touch on, uh, we may have folks that are not as familiar with autism or that have that hope or that expectation. So just so that we level set, you know, yeah. you heard a great success, right, with Lemle's mm-hmm. uh, child. However, autism is broad, so don't mm-hmm. feel like you failed if your child is not at a level where they're functioning independently. They're able to talk. It's a very, very broad condition. So, you know, just to kind of, you know, level set, talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit, how broad it is from where it could literally impact someone from being able to walk or eat on their own or talk to someone becoming extremely high functioning. And then like your son, right? Extraordinary cases where you don't even detect it anymore. Yes. So let's talk about that a little bit.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for pointing that out, because that is so important. As much as I wish for every single person to have the same results as I uh, I did. But, you know, and I understand that that's not possible for everyone. As you mentioned, autism is extremely broad. Just to give an example can be from starting from 1 to 100. And your child can be anywhere in between. It is very broad. As you mentioned, there are kids who are impacted by autism that are living a life um, that doesn't even have quality, unfortunately. They're not able to walk. Their diet is extremely, extremely uh, affected by, you know, by this disorder because they're only able to eat certain type of diets or certain type of foods because of the texture, um, because of the way it smells. And, um, and you know, there are severe cases where kids are not even able to walk properly and, you know, have to depend on, you know, someone to care for them for the rest the rest of their lives. And there are kids that are unfortunately violent, you know, like, not by choice, of course, you know, uh, but there are kids also um, that will never be able to talk for the rest of their lives, unfortunately. So it is extremely broad. Not everyone will have the same success. Like I said, I'm so grateful that I was able to do that to accomplish what I have accomplished for my son. And there it is possible for some, but not for everyone. And I'm very aware of that. I'm very sensitive to that. That's why I go out of my way to help you know, parents with children who are impacted by autism, um, you know, to get the help that they need early on. Because early intervention, even though you may not have the same results as I did, I've seen it. There are people that I was, you know, fortunate enough to help that their kids have accomplished so much within the last two years because they were able to get the early intervention that they need. Are they where my son is? No, because that's not for everyone. But I've seen extreme Um, Improvement Kids are able to communicate because they're able To get the speech therapy The ABA therapy, the occupational therapy To deal with the things that they need to You know, deal with, give them tools um, uh, To deal With, you know, certain behaviors um, And just so many Different uh, tools That the ABA therapist or the speech therapist Is able to provide, so yeah I'm extremely sensitive to You know to that. And I'm aware that not everyone is going to have the same outcome. Um, yeah, so that's why I go out of my way to help whoever needs help. And when I have whenever I have the time or make the time to help. So yeah, it is very important. I, you know, I'm going to repeat it as many times that I can. And autism is extremely broad. Um, and depending on where your child lands on that spectrum, you know, the results that you're going to have, it will vary, but it also ha- also early intervention has such a- an amazing impact on the children um, you know, depending on where they are on the spectrum.:
0: Thank you for sharing that. So let's talk about uh, first let's talk about the book, and then we'll talk about the resources and you know, IEPs set goals, so on and so forth. So tell me a little bit about the books.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so the book that I wrote, it is called King Yosef and His Superheroes. Um, this is a book where I talk about, you know, the help that we, um, you know, we were able to obtain and give to Yosef to accomplish the goals that he, you know, to for early intervention. Uh, and I, I was, the main reason why I wrote the book, honestly, is because I feel like there's still so much stigma around autism and I just feel like it has to stop, you know? Um, some kids who have autism still feel forced into hiding their true selves. You know, I see it at school, I see it at church, I see it, you know, in, in, in so many different communities. Um, and I feel like society can, for, can force those um, who are different to hide or mask their autism. And that's not fair, that's not how it should work. And and that's not healthy for anyone. That's not healthy for the child. That's not healthy for the parents. Um, So the main reason why I wrote this book is, you know, just basically um, to address the stigma and also to let people know that there is help out here. And early intervention is mostly is the key. And when I started this journey with my son, I honestly did not even know where to start. Um, I have to do research, talk to so many different specialists, doctors. Okay, where do I start? Where do I go? And basically force myself through the system. There are parents, you know, doctors that told me I'm, you know, I'm giving my son too many services. It's not going to help. You know, doctors are amazing resource. But I also feel like as a parent, you have to listen to yourself. You know what your child needs you know best, better than any doctor, better than any you know any other human being on this earth. So I think it is important to listen to yourself as well. Um, so I, you know, they only recommended speech therapy twice a week for my son, but I went, I was doing speech therapy five times a week, occupational therapy five times a week, sometimes even on weekends, and also ABA therapy, which is applied behavior analysis therapy, which addressed a lot of the issues um, a lot of the developmental issues in uh, autism and they give them tools to help them. Uh, I did that five hours a day, five times a week for four years. And then even after he was, you know, able into, to go into the school system, I was able to get an ABA therapist to go into the school with him. And then finally that he was able to graduate the, uh, you know, from his IEP. Um, but it's just, you know, to address... Um, the stigma and to let people know that there is help out there and the sooner you get it, um, the better. Um, so that was, that was my main reasoning behind, um, you know, writing King Yosef and his superheroes.
0: And, uh, thank you. Where can people get that book?
1: Yes. They, you can get the book on, um, a- Amazon. You can just type in King Yosef and his superheroes and you can also purchase the book from my website at uh, AllThingsLumLum.com. Thing, all and if you go to Instagram at uh, AllThingsLumLum and on Facebook, you can also find the link there.
0: All right. Once again, AllThingsLumLum.com. Yes. Awesome. Um, so the IEP, that process, let's talk about uh, Individualized Educational Plan. Um There is you know, there are a lot of resources, but not enough to tackle this epidemic. Politicians won't talk about it. Schools really don't go out of their way to provide it. You have to go above and beyond to find these resources. So before we get into that, I want to rewind a little bit. Right. So as you mentioned and something I repeatedly say, you know your child best. Be judicious in your approach, right? You heard Lem Lem talking about all the things that she's done. However, if your child is on the other end of the spectrum, assess, right? If you've got an eight ounce cup and you fill it with water,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: it can only take so much. So you know your child better. Mm -hmm. So again, be judicious in that approach. There there can be some um, uh, treatment that may not work for your child. Mm-hmm. And there may be some that do work for your child. Do you agree with that or what are your thoughts?
1: I absolutely agree with that. Uh, there are some um, treatments that may work for my child that may not work for yours. The important thing I want to point out about, uh, I, you know, the ABA um, which is applied behavioral, so ABA therapy, right? What What is an ABA therapy? Let's cover that real quick. Um, ABA therapy is basically it's an applied behavior analysis, uh, also called behavioral engineering. Um, it is a a therapy that addresses so many different aspects of. Um, of um, autism right um, ABA therapy can help increase language and communication skills, improve attention, focus, social skills, memory, um, and it decreases problem behaviors because uh, you know some you know most kids have delayed speech and it's when they cannot express themselves, it turns to behavioral problems or they already have a behavioral problem from the get go. Um, ABA is a flexible treatment that can be uh, adapted to meet the, uh, the needs of each unique person. So they can mold it to fit your child if you find a really good ABA um, therapy provider. Um, it can um, teach us skills that are useful in everyday life. It can involve one-to-one teaching or in a group instruction. So it can be molded to, you know, to your child's need. But I do agree with what you were saying earlier, that um, not every treatment is appropriate for every single child. Um, You, you know, you also, you know, as you know, your child best, but you also have to rely on the professionals, seek and get their opinions. And I always advise people to get a second or third opinion. And then based on the information that you have and the knowledge that you have about your child, you form the best decision that will fit that individual so it is important important to know your child and know what treatments would be best for them but i do agree not every single um treatment is right for every child um and then to go back a little bit to address the individual education program um that is so each public school um so a child who receives special education and re- related services must have an individual education program. Um, you know, each program, each IEP is individual education program is, you know, molded and, you know, uh, you know, there the are different goals that are put in for that individual child. It's not, you know, a, a one size fits all. Um, the um, So, in order for your child to receive any type of services in a public school, you have to have an individual education program. Um, and it is a legal document. I want to point that out. It is a legal document. So before you sign it, you know, make sure that you agree on every single goal or diagnosis that is put in there. Because at any given time where you have to go to court, it is a court document. Um, So yeah, those are the two things I want to point out. But yes, I do agree with you. Every single treatment that I mentioned, it may not be right for um, every child. You know, there are different uh, treatments for autism. Uh, There are STEM treatments. Uh, There's so many different types of new technology and treatments for your child out here. So, you know, children, adults. So you have to figure out what treatment best is best for your child.
0: Absolutely. And just so that the listeners know uh that legal document, the IEP, um it also ensures that your rights as a parent, right? This obligates the school to follow that IEP. So when we say it's mm-hmm. a legal document, they can't just ignore it. They have to follow it. But you can't mm-hmm. take that um for granted, everything on that document. Mm-hmm. So you need to ensure that you're following up with the school. You need to ensure that you have regular meetings. Uh, you need to op- uh, openly discuss these concerns and or, you know, any updates that you're getting or not getting, uh, yeah. the accuracy of it. So yeah. in that process, right, there are those art meetings, mm-hmm. And can you talk a little bit about the meetings and, you know, to ensure that parents are not intimidated and they feel empowered, you know, let's focus on the art meetings a little bit.
1: Yes, what absolutely.
0: Prepare so on and so forth.
1: Okay. No problem. Yes. Yeah, so an IEP is, uh, so I want parents to know that you are part of the IEP team. The IEP creates an opportunity for teachers, parents, school administrators, and um, you know, and students uh, to work together to improve education results for children, you know, with disability autism, Um, you have to, it is a process. So it is a, you have to meet with the school and the school administrators every three months, every quarter, uh, to make sure that your child is meeting the goals that you put on the IEP, that, you know, it is progressing and being addressed. Uh, You Put the proper services that are appropriate for your child in the IEP. But I don't want um, parents to get intimidated at all because you are part of the IEP team. The IEP team includes you, the the parents, teachers, um, you know, and and anyone that's on the school board and your child. So it is a process that you put in place to make sure that your child receives all the special services that is needed. Uh, without that, you cannot receive any type of services. And as you mentioned, yes, it is very, very important make sure that you attend the meetings. Um, you call a meeting whenever there's necess- whenever it's necessary or you want to address an issue. Um, it is, the meeting usually is every three months. But if you have any issue or any concern before that, you can send an email to the school administrators to call in a meeting before that quarter is over with. Um, Yeah, so you have to attend the meeting, you have to enforce what is in the IEP, and I highly, highly suggest that parents do observations at school to make sure that everything is moving smoothly, that the children, the child is getting the services that they need, and they're responding to it. Just because you put, like, uh, you know, service in there doesn't mean that they're, sometimes they don't respond to it appropriately, so you would have to get together with the school and kind of mold or change the type of services that they're getting so yes it is very very important that parents are available to attend this meetings um if you do not attend this meeting then the iep meeting that means that you are not part of it and the decision will be made with you or without you of course they will do their due diligence trying to reach out but if you do not respond you know the show must go on um they just they will just mark it as, an, you know, as if like, you're absent and they will address whatever um, they feel is necessary. So it is, again, I repeat, very, very important for parents to be part of the process, to be engaged in the individual education program, uh, to go observe their children, bring up any concerns that they have. Um, it is the meetings are sometimes they can last two, three hours. I know they're very long, they're exhausting. Um, and sometimes, you know, there's amazing school systems where you're in agreement and everything goes smoothly. And there are other times where you don't agree with anything and you may have to appeal or um, call to another meeting. That means that another three hours. It's a long process, but I feel like it is well worth it. Um, And you should be investing time with your children. And as I mentioned earlier, people, you know, always ask me, how long did it take you to see results in my child, right? And uh, I always tell them, (laughs) we started the speech therapy when he was two years old. Um, He did not start talking until he was four and a half. So I always tell parents to be patient. Nothing happens overnight. The day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. Um, I know it's hard to see as a parent and I, you know, I was there Times so I was, I, I said to myself, maybe this is not working. Uh, maybe I should stop, but I'm glad that I did not and that I was patient with myself and, uh, I kept moving forward, um, knowing that my hard work will, you know, one day, uh, will work out and, uh, I will see, and, you know, fortunate for me, I was able to see the, you know, the, uh product and the results of my hard work, um, today. So, uh, again, I do realize, and I'm very sensitive to the fact that, you know, not every single person will have the same results, but know that the day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the food. So be patient with yourself, um, and then you will see some type of progress, um, down the line.
0: Absolutely. And, um, You know, just to kind of go back to the meetings, um, Mm -hmm. check with your district, with your state. They have to provide you this information, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, In some states, it may be once a year. Um, Some states may be or districts maybe once a quarter. But in any case, you do not have to wait for that formal meeting. You can request a meeting with a teacher and administrators at all times. Um, So. Before we move forward, I do want to go back to we do have an audience member that asked uh, that missed the name of your book. So can you once again uh, tell them the name of the book and uh, that it's found on all uh, all thanks. dot com.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, the name of the book is King Yosef and his superheroes. Um, it is found on Amazon as well as um uh, a, a, you know, HTTPS, uh, you can just type in, excuse me, com And I'll put the link here as we talk now. And thank you, Milen, for yeah, putting the link in.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Our friend Milen is uh, definitely on it. She's uh, uh, putting the websites on there for us. So we appreciate you. Um, now, let's talk about, um, you know, we talked about the schools, the meetings, mm-hmm. What else should parents be focusing on? You know, we talked about getting different types of therapies, but also I found, you know, safety is not always on top of mind a lot of times. So, what can we do to ensure, you know, we, you know, the same level of care you provide at home obviously is not going to be provided in a, a school setting, but what can we do to ensure? that it gets to as close as to that as
1: possible. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, To the safety of, you know, safety of your children, right? (laughs) That is so important. Um, That is always in mind, especially when you have like a special needs child um, to make sure that they're okay because not you know I was constantly worrying when my child was not talking is he okay like literally like I could tell you like I was going crazy like he's not talking so how's he gonna how's how's he gonna ask this question is he okay like constantly I was calling the school honestly I know they probably were like extremely tired of me but I didn't care I was calling the school like three four times um, a day uh, is he okay does he need anything but also like i think like i said the most important thing to to make sure your child is safe um is to do observations like i always tell parents if the school uh or any other therapy place that your child your child is getting services from if they know that you are present if they know that you are visible Honestly, they will make sure that, you know, they give your child the best services. Like I was at my son's school for four years, like almost like every other day. Um, I was telling a friend of mine the other day, we did not take any vacation for like four years, probably local places. But uh, my most of my uh, vacations were taken from work. Um, to go do observation for my child make sure that he's okay I'll just do a drop-in or send an email say hey I'm coming in this day to make sure that he's okay um, and also there are things like if your are a child um, you have a very high concern of safety there is a one-on-one service that the school can provide for you meaning that there are aids that will make sure that your child is safe and there are they are with your child at all times, uh, if safety is a concern. This is done again by requesting this with the um, individual education plan to make sure that your child has that person that continuously follow them through the school, throughout the school day to make sure that they are okay. Uh, So there is that option, but it has to be requested through the individual education plan. Um, And even, you know, everywhere you go, it's safety is always a concern you know when you're with your children you can you always have to make sure that they're okay um and uh, a lot of places now are in the process of putting you know like safety precautions for children with autism or special needs um in you know you know uh there's like a jumping place near where we live in maryland um to make sure that the kids with autism are safe and, you know, um, not with the crowd and overwhelmed they actually have like certain limited hours for those kids to come and jump where there aren't a lot of people there, there isn't a lot of traffic, uh, and there isn't a lot of noise. Uh, so, you know, it's just, um, depends on how, how it's implemented, but there is, you know, regarding the school system. Yeah. There is a way that you can make sure that your child is safe by, um, by basically implementing a one-on-one assistance for that child.
0: Yeah, and I also wanted to add, um, not only will you wanna put this on the IEP, um, Mm -hmm. but also just because it it is on the IEP doesn't mean they're necessarily following it. So you do wanna be engaged, be a partner to the school. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't feel like you're being a pest. It's, It's well within your right as a parent as a caretaker to follow up. And at times, if you feel like you're not equipped to handle these meetings, they could feel overwhelming. You're in a room with uh, school officials, district officials, who are well-versed in this. Mm -hmm. Uh, They may not openly tell you all the things you could request for. Uh, For example, in some states, cameras are allowed. But in the state of Texas, for example, the parent has to request it. And once mm-hmm. the parent requests a camera, there are certain rules you know, for, for it to get approved. And furthermore, they have to notify the other parents that a camera has been requested. So it may make you feel a bit intimidated to bring that up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Don't. It is well within your right. I wish it was where you know they should install, they should install cameras, alarms, everything in every classroom where there, there are special needs children that may tend to run off or wander. So uh, but that's not the case. So know the law uh, in your state, in your district, your local, state, federal laws regarding this. There's a lot more work that needs to be done, but proactively look into it. And make these requests, uh, yes. whether it's a door chime in addition to the one-on-one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do Do you need a door chime in the classroom? Um, how about lunchroom? What happens there? What's the ratio? What's the student-teacher ratio? Um, can exactly. you have the camera installed or not? And if no, why not? And as a parent, you can also... Uh, see if you're allowed to put a GPS tracker on your child. Mm-hmm. Um, you can put a GPS tracker on your child. Some have a listen-in function. So that falls into that whole privacy category. So look into that. You may have to disclose it to the school. But mm-hmm. in any case, there are a ton of different types of uh, GPS devices. Mm-hmm. Find one that works for you. Um, make sure that your child just can't take it off. Uh, you don't want to get them, a an Apple watch where they can play with it. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: you definitely don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah but definitely. there is, I think, like, uh, Verizon has this watch where you, uh, I think it's Verizon. I have to look into it, but, yeah, no uh, you can product. put it around the wrist. Yeah. And it doesn't come off. Um, for just for the simple purpose that we stated for the safety of special need kids. Um, so yeah, it's, I think what you, you know, you mentioned a very important point. I think it's important because, you know, where I live, I basically studied the law from top to bottom, what my rights are. I think that is so important for any parent to maneuver through this school system, through this medical, you know, insurance. You have to know what your rights are. You have to know what the insurance covered, what is considered, you know, a service uh, that, you know, the child cannot live with or, you know, what can be approved faster. You have to know the law from top to bottom. Each county and the school system have a website where they're able, you know, where you're able to see what they're, what they're should offer you by law, uh, what are the free services that your child is entitled to. Um, so, yeah, it is absolutely important to know what the laws are so you can, you know, play by by the rules pretty much, you know, how to get around the rules. So, yeah, I absolutely, I will advise each and every single parent to get familiar with your county, to get familiar with the state's law, to get f- familiar exactly what your rights are as a parent, and that's available at your school district's website. And it's a it's called a parent handbook, and it, within that you it, w- it tells you what your rights are. So unless you know that, you won't be able to maneuver. So I would say that would be the first step. And you know, like as many as people as I help, you know, I'm like I'm if I'm available to help anyone. Feel feel free to reach out to me.
0: Yeah, thank you for offering that, and which is a great segue to what I was going to talk about. Advocates, right? Some um, could become very expensive, but see if you can navigate through the system first. You know, some of the things we talked about on the show and why you know we need to have shows like this uh, moving forward is to empower you. Where can you find resources? What are your rights? Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't feel like you're asking for too much. Um, you're not a lot of times. It's you're probably asking nothing. Uh, These are things that are readily provided for you. And, you know, if it comes to the point where you're having to appeal things or you don't agree with what the school is proposing, there are advocates out there, um, from attorneys to just, you know, uh, uh, advocates, autism advocates that are out Mm -hmm. there. So, uh, look into that. And, you know, if you have any questions, you can certainly reach out to Lumlem or myself. You know, we're both on Facebook as well. Uh, we can probably help get you, you know, not necessarily, you know, be able to fly anywhere and help, but you know, at mm-hmm. least help you find who you can contact within your state. Mm-hmm. A lot of this information is uh, public uh, information. Uh, all of it actually is public information, so you should be able to find it. But other than yeah. that you can't, feel free to reach out to me. I won't put you out there like that. But, you know, feel free uh, to reach out and just, um, um, you know, I'll see what I can do to provide you that information. Now, nice. let's talk about um, other resources or other things that you would like to cover uh, during this uh, this uh, platform.
1: Yeah, so I think it's, yeah, thank you so much for, you know, being available to help as well. And I honestly would have to tell you, because it is so overwhelming, like, you know, like imagine, you know, you've been through it, like when your first, your child gets, you know, when you first get the diagnosis, you're so overwhelmed. It's like your world has been turned upside down. You don't even know where to begin. And most of the parents that I helped, and I'm so grateful that I was able to do that, it's just a matter of like helping them attending the IP meetings. And because when you're your first time attending an IP meeting, I remember that time, it was so intimidating. Like, what do I say? Am I asking too much? Just all the things that you mentioned. Um, so I think it's just reaching out and be like, hey, I'm available to attend your IP meeting. When is it? And just because I've been through it, I'm not intimidated. I know what to ask for. Just offering that help and attending, be that voice, uh, you know of reason and be like, no, I don't think this is going to work for this child. Let's try this. And, you know, Autism Speaks is such an amazing resource. Um, you can go online and look at so many different things. Uh, your local school, actually, they have a lot of information. You just have to be willing, you know, to sit down and read through it. Um, it's just so many different resources. I mean, Google is such an amazing tool. That's how I was able to get a lot of these things done. But as I understand, as a parent who just had who just received this diagnosis it's overwhelming you don't even know where to start so just simply like don't be intimidated to ask for help it is okay that your child is you know has this diagnosis it's okay Um, you don't have to be ashamed you have done nothing wrong that's just life sometimes we are dealt with these cards, and you know we just have to figure out how to you know play them unfortunately but it is okay to reach out um, so, so many people in our community are so ashamed to even say the word autism or my child is special needs. Um, it's okay. Uh, it's not the end of the world. You know, the more that you're able to open about it, the more you're able to heal and get the help that you need. Um, you know, like I said, I am available. Um, you yourself, people, you said that you're available. Again, thank you so much being available to just reach out. Where do I start? Where do I get help? um by just simply looking online. Autism speaks is such a great resource that I've used them so many times. Uh, talk to special educators, talk to um, you know, different speech therapists in your local area. Uh, but um yeah, don't be afraid to ask for help. That's the most important thing I have to say. Do not be afraid. It is okay. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to hide your child. <laughs> your child didn't ask for this. You didn't ask for this. It just happened. Life is unfair sometimes, uh, you know, but it is okay. You don't have to be ashamed. Like we up there, people like me and people that are out here to help, uh, that are willing to help. So it is okay. Don't be ashamed. There's help out here.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, we talk about community, right? So Mm -hmm. community or your village can be very supportive and helpful. But at the same time, it could also be harmful. So you need to look at it for what it is. Uh, there mm-hmm. may be some people that truly want to help you, but may say things to discourage you. There may be people that are not speaking out about it. Uh, and if you're on this call, uh, please put your phone on mute so that way you can hear us a little bit better. And um Sorry, we're getting some feedback. If if you've called in, please uh, put your phone on mute. We uh, thank you so much. So, um, again, you know, just being conscious, right, um, when you're telling people or when people are trying to give you what they need to be advice. Uh, be, uh, listeners, if, if you don't mind, uh, I will... Let's see here. Yeah,
1: I think Adisti is Yeah, right. There you go. She I, muted herself. Yeah, She's good. Yeah, I'm really
0: <laughs> care of it. Um, but yeah, if you do call in, that's perfectly okay. And if you have any questions, you can certainly call in uh, and just let us know uh, that you want to ask a question. We'll, we'll, we'll open it up as well. So yeah. just going back to that, um, just make sure that, you know, in your circle, uh, you do have a, a very pragmatic way of approaching things, discussing things. Be mm-hmm. open. But at the same time, don't let other people's uh, opinions uh, influence you in a matter where it's not helping you move forward. Exactly. So be be very conscious of that. Now, going back to these uh, IEPs,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, know that although it's a, it's a formal process and a formal document, you mm-hmm. always, always have the right to amend that document. So it's not like a... You go and buy a car and you sign a contract and you're stuck to that contract. This is something to basically empower you. Ensure that something is put on paper so that way you can take it to the school and they have to follow that. Again, I caution everyone. Just because you have an IEP does not mean they're following everything. I can tell you this from experience. It does not mean that they're following everything as they should. But when and if you do find opportunities where you have to amend something that's on IEP and the school is turning it around as a weapon saying, well, the IEP says this. You can always request an additional meeting, even if it's a month after your IEP has gone into uh, into place.
1: Yeah. So,
0: again, if it gets to the point where you're getting a lot of pushback, you may want to reconsider where you are. You may mm-hmm. also want to reconsider how you're approaching the school. The appeal process is, a, is another formal process. So, you know, know that you're, why are we saying this? So you you feel empowered. You've got a lot of tools in your hands that you can use to make life for you and your loved one uh, better. Now, I want to transition to, we talk about your child, your child, your child, school, school, school. So there's this uh, assumption, assumption that uh, again, um, we have a caller. If you could, please put your phone on mute. Um, so there's an assumption that if uh, you talk about children in school, that yeah. this is only impacting children. So let's talk about the transition right through adulthood from, um, you know, pre-K, kindergarten, uh, elementary school, middle school, high school. When you get to high school, things start changing. I know you're not quite there yet, right? Lemma? Yeah. Things start changing and you have that transition into adulthood. So this being a lifelong condition, you know, they should continuously provide you these resources there. Again, they're public uh, as public information. So you can also get that information and Mm -hmm. be 10 steps ahead of it. So there are financial impacts, right, to your life. There are uh, emotional, physical things that you've got to prepare yourself at each stage, even your child growing. Right changes the dynamic of how you used to do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about that transition, right? As you go through life, not just that elementary level, but as you move forward, let's talk. Uh, let's touch up a, a little bit on that.
1: Yeah. So um, yes. So let me go back and add, like just add a couple of things for the IEP process and the parents, right? And then we'll uh, move on to um, you know like as. Uh, They progress to teenage years. Right. So IEP, just as you say, people like it is. Yes, it is absolutely a document that is put in place to help your child. But unless you're following it, unless you're observing, constantly being present at the school, there is no way that you can assure that what you have implemented in the IEP is being done. Um, So it is up to you, again, parents, it is up to you to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do. And if there's anything that you do not like on the IEP, um, you can actually turn around, I mean, the next month and ask for a meeting. Um, That IEP helps you, uh, you know, like uh, we mentioned, if you do not like the school, you can actually go visit other schools that meet your child's needs. So it is a very helpful document. It is a very helpful process. But unless you are present, uh, addressing the issues, observing your child, there is no way that anyone can guarantee that the services are being provided. Um, the second thing is, I know it is overwhelming for parents that we don't usually address this. For parents, it is overwhelming. It is emotionally, financially. So it, you know, if you are employed and if you need to take time off for your child, you can absolutely file for short-term disability to take time off to take care of your child. Um, so there's, you know, that option. I always like to tell parents because most parents don't think that they have that option. And then now, um, you know, autism, you know, like going to teenagers. years. Um, so that whenever whatever school that you go to, the IEP will follow. The services, of course, um, will change as they get older, depending on how they progress, you know, they progress through the uh, the goals and uh, the goals and objectives that have been set through the IEP um, uh, process. Um, then there's actually, you know, different timelines and guidelines that you have to follow. I believe I'm not there yet, but I believe it is a little bit different. Uh, as far as like the timeline, a transition to adulthood for young teens uh, with disability. Um, but in high school, I know that there are several different, uh, even in middle school, there are several different type of... Um, Transitioning plan I know like early high school between ages 14 and 16, you have to start a formal uh, transition planning, make sure, make sure support structure and IP services are in place for your child and start transition assessment and job uh, preparation activities. Access uh, your child's mental health needs and prepare for your child for more responsibilities. There are different services that are offered that can prepare your child. It just depends on where they are, and you know where they are and what the plan is for the future. You know, some kids who are on the higher spectrum, uh, or you know, what, they go to college, and some others they just do job training and they start working. So it depends on what your needs are.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, again, you know, be on top of it. You know, don't wait until the school is telling you to prepare for these transitional plans. The paperwork is like a mountain. It's a ton of paperwork oh that you have to complete. Um, make sure that every information every, that you're providing, they understand. Uh, after all, it is your child. So regardless of how old your child is, uh, whether it be an adult or what have you, continue to follow up. Uh, otherwise, things will, uh, you know, not be in, in consistent with what you thought was happening. So, yeah.
1: and I just want to add real quick, people, sorry to me yeah, um, no, to jump ahead. in. There are so many services under the umbrella. The key word is rehabilitation services that your insurance will cover. Uh, speech therapy being one of them, ABA being one of them, uh, OT being one of them, and that's just just the three that I mentioned. But there are so many other services that your insurance, your county will offer that are under the umbrella of rehabilitation services. For example, insurance. For example, for uh, speech therapy. Since, for example, when I was going through with, with my child, since it is considered rehabilitation services, they are unlimited. There is no limitation because it is under that umbrella of rehabilitation services. Because when I first started the services, it was lim- I think I only had 30, se- 30 sessions, but I have to appeal and submit, uh, you know, a request because it is a, it was a rehabilitation services for my child. So remember that keyword, we have both station services, and explore that. See what is covered under your county as well as your insurance. So I just want to point that out.
0: Uh, I'm glad you did because that's what I was going to, uh, you know, jump into is mm-hmm. insurance. This could end up costing you a ton of money. So mm-hmm. number one, find out, like, it's not, it's there, but it's something you got to dig up. So see if they have specific autism related services or coverages. Some insurance companies do, you know, of course it may be tied to your uh, employer and what type of uh, plan that they've uh, set up for their employees. So look into that and usually they have a separate entity within the insurance uh, company that deals with the autism portion. So Mm -hmm. dig deeper into that and find out. Number two, when you get services such as speech, occupational therapy, They may pre-authorize an X amount of, like you said, 30, Mm -hmm. could be 30, could be 20, could be 15. Find that, find out. And also find out that when they do receive, because they touch base with the service provider, make sure that they don't say your child is not progressing. So they pull the plug on it because Mm -hmm. you may be billed for the amounts that are not covered. So the pre-authorization doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to cover it 100% or whatever. So find out whatever your insurance covers. If you're going through county type of services, keep in mind for those of you that are in the United States, you know where Maryland is. Those of you outside of the United States, I just want to spend a little bit of time. If you're in Maryland and within a specific county and they have services within your county, that's going to be different than if you were in a different county, let alone a different state. So make sure you look into your local, um, your school can also provide you this information, but you know, just search information about your county, your state, um, and any uh, federal uh, aids that are out there. Um, sometimes if you fall within a certain amount of uh, income level, there may be even more services, but look into that. Look at what your out-of-pocket costs are. What you don't want to happen is you jump head in first and you realize there's no water in the pool. So yeah. uh, make sure you look into that so that way you're not financially um, harmed where you can't get yourself out of it. Now, yeah. going back to that short-term disability you also brought up, look into FMLA, Fa- Family Medical Leave Act. This is a, a federal uh, statute where you have rights to, again, look into it. But uh, you may be able to take leave to care of, a, you know, uh, maybe the diagnosis is too much for you to handle. Right. So you're under stress. Your child may need significant medical help or resources. Look into FMLA as well to see if that offers you a little bit of protection so you're not losing your job uh, Mm -hmm. uh, because you're trying to care for um, a child. And again, I know we try not to use the word disability, but it is a disability and it'll fall Mm -hmm. under those protections. Mm -hmm. So as much as we want to be politically correct and say diverse abilities and so on and so forth, it's great, but let's call it what it is, right? It is a disability. It's a debilitating situation in a lot of cases. So why am I saying it that way? Not to demoralize you, but to Mm -hmm. empower you because under disability, that umbrella provides you federal protection. So you don't, you know, you get services or maybe even protect you in your job. So look into that, um, make sure you're well protected. So that way you are able to care for your child, your family, regardless at whatever stage in life they are. Uh, And if uh, let's just say your child's autism is also tied to a lot of different uh, disorders and your child cannot attend school. There are services where they can they have to provide you these services, but at home. So again, that's even a harder battle to fight. But Mm -hmm. know that there is a way. Uh, There uh, there may be even more resources than what we're talking about here because we don't know all the resources in the United States. So I just wanted to call that out. And before we end, one probably the most important thing that I at least from my perspective, mm-hmm. is that siblings, if you have other children, right? Make sure that you're focusing on them just as much as you are on your child that has uh, autism. Your, uh, the, your other children's well-being, make sure it's balanced because that'll make your home life that much easier. And remember, down the road, when you're long gone, your sub, uh, your other children will be the ones caring for your child with uh, autism. Mm-hmm. So know that, you know, it's, it's a balancing act. Make sure too much is not being placed, focus is not being placed on one child versus the other, regardless of which one. Make sure that you're providing the same level of support, level of support, not necessarily identical support, but the level of support to both so they can all flourish. And that makes your home life that much more easier and at peace. So I wanted to call that out as well. There are books out there and resources um, uh, to navigate through that as well. So I feel that's critical uh, because you, you know, autism can be consuming, right? Not just time consuming, but, uh, you know, everything, emotionally, physically. So uh, make sure you look into, um, you know, providing that same level of care across the board um, and also where you're not spread too thin. So think about yourself as well. So, um, so before we end, I know you've given me a lot of your time today, which I <laughs> thoroughly appreciate. Um, what, what, what else would you like to add?
1: Oh, uh, I and, uh, first of all, you know, before we end, I want to say thank you so much for having me. This has been such a, uh, you know, an amazing conversation. Um, I, I, with, I hope that it will help a lot of people um, and uh, just want to add a little uh, one more additional information that there are so many scholarships out here that you you can fill out and get access to money some of them as, as high as five to eight thousand um, dollars so you know just keep looking at resources if you need help feel free to reach out to us and uh, don't get discouraged I oh you know do not get discouraged Take us two and a half years to see any type of results so i highly advise you do not get discouraged keep going keep going and because you don't want to look back and regret you know maybe if i should have done this i should have done that so just you know like i said earlier the day you plant the seed is not always the day you eat the fruit be patient with yourself be humble keep moving forward and know that all hard work that you put in 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 day in and day out will um you will, uh, you know, produce the results uh, that you're looking for. And, you know, your time is coming. And I know that everyone will not have the same results as that I do, but you will have some type of, you know, result progress as I've seen it. You know, with some of the people that I help, some of my friends, you know, I've been working with them for the last two, three years to get, you know, not the same, but similar results of my son. Uh, And I've seen the change. I've seen how wonderful their children have progressed. So do not get discouraged. Don't give up. If you need to take a day off, just do that. There are so many different resources out here. Um, So take care of your children. Um, Do what you need to do, but keep going and don't give up on your child or yourself.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I know we have some uh, callers. A lot of them will uh, listen to this, um, you know, after we've ended the live, um, Mm -hmm. uh, they can replay it. Uh, be sure to share it because it, it, you know, it can help someone that may not be talking to you about, you know, uh, a child that they are concerned maybe in this spectrum or maybe don't they don't know. Um, so let me pause for a second and see, you know, do any of our listeners have any questions? And you can type it on here or you can use the call-in feature and ask us questions. And you know, Lem Lem, as you have time, I know you're you're uh, very busy. Uh, maybe we'll do another session where we can address some questions that we may uh, receive after the fact. So we'll try to yeah. you know, answer them in writing or what have you. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, if you have the time, maybe in uh, one day we'll uh, circle back. But if anyone has any questions,
1: yeah.
0: you know, we'll we'll give it a couple more seconds uh, to see um, if anyone will jump in. And if not, you know, I just once again, you know, want to take this opportunity to thank you. Uh, I am so glad to, you know, of course, I, I follow your son's progression and it's just amazing. You know, I, I love it. Um, I right. want to commend you and your family for all that you've done, um, you know, for your child, but also what you're doing for others that need help. Um, again, you know, I highly recommend, you know, the book. Uh, it's exciting. Um, uh, you can find it at allthingslimlim.com or Amazon. Uh, she's also typed the the title of the book in this chat for you. It's King Yosef and His Superheroes. Um, so you can, again, you know, find that, uh, support uh, Lemlem and, uh, and her journey. And uh, as she mentioned, she has some things that are coming up as well. So as soon as she does, we'll, we'll be sure and share it and see if we can uh, pull you in one more time.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. And with that, you know, uh, again, thank you. And uh, I want to thank the listeners as well. Um, I know for a fact this is going to help a tremendous amount of people. And um, I thank you for joining me.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, people. And I look forward to doing some amazing, you know, community outreach with you. Uh, I think it will help so many people. And at the end of the day, I believe uh, your goal as well as mine is is the same. So, you know, the goal is to help the community and help people
0: absolutely absolutely thank you
1: for having me people thank you have a great day you too
0: all right and thank you all for listening to the pragmatic podcast with people until next time uh please make sure you share this uh important podcast and um we'll talk soon if you have any questions you can reach out to me at, through the facebook or uh write a comment and uh, we'll be sure to get it back to you